Well, I want you to take your Bible and look there in Psalms 23. You know, whenever you have a funeral or something like that, most people, they like to read the 23rd Psalm. And the reason is because it's, it's such a comforting psalm. You're just troubled and distressed. It's a good psalm to read. The 23rd Psalm. It's a psalm of David, and I just want to read it to you, and then I want to make a few little comments, but from a different perspective, perhaps. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that a good psalm? That's really pretty. You just sit and read it, and you can go back and read it again and again and again, and it's really very, very comforting. I believe that Psalms 23 is, is like a psalm that's preparation for life. Preparation for life. When you look at the psalm and you realize what you're going through in life, and that you're the sheep and he's the shepherd, and he's leading and guiding us through life. And so maybe kind of look at it just a little bit different. Sometimes we look at it only as a momentary situation, a problem, an incident, a crisis. You know, like you just lost a loved one. Okay, now that really fits that. Or you went through this problem and that really fits that. But I believe it's uh, more than just that. You see, it took David's life of living to put all of this together as God wanted him to see. And when he said these things, I believe that the inspiration is that God gives him every word to put down. Every word. And so even to express it is the way that God wanted it expressed. And then when you look over your life and you realize what God has done in your life, and you pull it all together, and if you could put it down into one little, you know, couple paragraphs or something like that. How could you condense your life down into something so small? But if you'll notice there when he says, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. And you and I are supposed to know and believe that the Lord is my shepherd. Now, I didn't say the pastor is my shepherd, though I'm a shepherd. It doesn't say the church is my shepherd or your husband or your wife. But the most important thing for every individual to understand is the Lord should be your shepherd. We want to teach the Bible in such a way that you grow closer and closer to the Lord. So that whenever you're not in church, you're at home, you're on the job, whatever you do, you're trusting the Lord to lead you and to guide you. Don't you think that's the way it ought to be? Because see, you'll lose people. And circumstances change, but the Lord doesn't change. He's always there. When he says, lo, I am with you always, and he'll never forsake you, never leave you, that's such a wonderful thing. 
When he says, I shall not want, and as one person put it, want for what if the Lord is your shepherd? What is the purpose of the shepherd with the sheep? He supplies all the needs of the sheep. All the sheep have to do is follow. That's all the sheep has to do, just follow. And the Lord, as the great shepherd, is going to take care of all these things. And so in times past, whenever I have taught the 23rd Psalm, I like to tie it in with chapter 22 and also Psalms 24. Because you have in one, you have Jesus in chapter 22 where he is the good shepherd. And he is a good shepherd. And there's scriptures that talks about Jesus as the good shepherd, like in John chapter 10. And then you have here in Psalms 23 where well, Jesus is the, uh, he's the great shepherd. So he's a good shepherd, but he's uh, the great shepherd. And, and then when you read the next chapter where he talks about Christ is the chief shepherd. When the chief shepherd shall appear. So in chapter 22, yes, you've got it where it talks about Mount Calvary. And there's a whole psalm there talking about Christ and the crucifixion and him coming back from the dead. And about you and I shall see some great things. But just look at this very quickly. When he makes a statement down here in uh, verse 25, my praise shall be of thee. This is in chapter 22. My praise shall be of thee and the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear them. Then look what he says. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. That's eternal security. That's God telling you in advance. This one that died on the cross, that paid for your sins, is coming back from the dead, and that you will live forever, those that believe in him. And then he makes this statement there in verse 29. See, the last part of verse 29 where he makes this statement, that none shall keep his soul alive. You, are, you can't keep yourself from dying. You, you just can't do it. And I've seen people, you know, they say, well, you know, the person's in the hospital and they're on their deathbed and, boy, he's really fighting for his life. He's really fighting. He's a struggler. He's tough. He's wrong. If God wants to take him, God's going to take him. It has nothing to do with how strong his will is. Now, we know that a person should want to live and desire to live and the body naturally fights dying. It doesn't want to die. And so we're thankful sometimes for that. But when the Lord is ready, all the struggling in the world is not going to stop it. No doctors are going to stop it. No medicine is going to stop it. The Bible says it's appointed unto every man wants to die. And if that wasn't true and there's not an appointment, I guess we'd have people walking around here five, six hundred years old, thousand years old. Well, they really fight. They don't want to die. And they No. It's not just always within the will of man that can determine it. How much on your own did you determine when you were born? None. And sometimes you may not get the choice of when you die or even how you die. But the thing is, is we're going to die. And so he makes a statement here, and I want you to see that. See there in verse 31, They shall come and shall declare his righteousness. And see, this is what he talks about in the book of Psalms. Somebody mentioned just a while ago the 40th Psalm to declare his righteousness. And you find that also over there in the book of uh, Philippians in chapter 3, verse 9. But declaring his righteousness, to get this, unto a people that shall be born. So you live long enough and you see that. And to declare unto the next generation 
his righteousness. And to say that he hath done this. But you see, when you look over there in verse 16 where he makes the statement, For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. See, this is declaring what Christ did on the cross and what he's done. So yeah, you have that in Mount Calvary, and then you have in chapter 24 Mount Zion where he comes back as the king. And in between these two mountains is a great valley. You see, a valley is, lies between two mountain peaks. And so therefore we have, in your life and my life, we were born, and when we were born, we were born under the law. When we die, we pray that we have accepted Christ as our Savior, and because of Mount Calvary, we, we know we're going to heaven when we die. But we have to live in this valley. And that's why he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We're always living with the fear of death because we know that it could happen at any time. We know the greatest laid plans of all the things you and I want to do, we'd love to see, accomplish, go, to be, may all come short by just one little heartbeat not taking place. You and I have no clue what's going to take place down the road. We live and the shadow of death. Now, I want you to hold your place right here, but look over there with me in the book of Hebrews in chapter 2. The book of Hebrews in chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Now look down there with me in the verse 14. Because this is talking about when Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. He did that in verse 9, says that. But down here in verse 14, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and delivered them, now get this statement, delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime Subject to bondage. We always lived in fear of death. This is why knowing where you're going when you die can take away that fear that you're not afraid to die. Now, we may not want to die, but if we know we have eternal life, know that we're going to heaven and really believe that. I don't believe God's children should have to live in fear of dying. We all know that we're going to. We had a funeral service yesterday. And now he's not here. He's in heaven with the Lord. Who's it going to be next? It could be any one of us. True? And all of your best laid plans about what you want to do and how healthy you want to be and how wealthy you want to be can all be cut short if God says, Hello, tonight thy soul shall be required of thee. Yes, but God, I got things I want to do. <laughs> yeah. And God may say you should have done them. Do what you can while you can because it's come the time when no man can work. And so we don't have to live our lives in fear. But we have the shadow of death where we have to live at this time. And this old life, now go back here to the book of Psalms in chapter 23. Psalms 23, when he makes the statement, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. 
You see, just in something simple, he maketh me to lie down. That means he, he gives you rest. In green pastures, that means he is beneath me. He leadeth me beside the still waters. That's for refreshment. He restoreth my soul. That's within me. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Because he can't lead you no other way. You see, how do you find this path of righteousness? Well, if you just took and put all the things you know to do that's right and start doing them, that becomes a path. Just start doing all the things you know that's right. Because he will lead you in the path of righteousness. And be willing that if you make a wrong turn, say, Lord, that was a wrong turn. God says, get over here. Oh, yes, sir. And stay teachable and pliable in his hands. And he can always lead and guide you. Because he will lead you only in the path of righteousness. God never leads you to do wrong. The Holy Spirit within you never leads you contrary to the word of God. And so then he makes a statement here in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will... And what's that next word? I will fear no evil. That means nothing that could produce the death. Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, always knowing that I could die at any time, at any moment, I'll not be afraid because I'm going to trust the Lord. He gave me life. He can sustain life. And he can also take life. And to trust the Lord to get done in your life what needs to be done. And trust that the Lord, when he's through with my ministry here, then God can feel free to take me home without any objections from me. I think that's a better way to have it. And he says, for thou art with me. So that means he's with you. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me, knowing that he can provide and protect and supply in verse 5, thou preparest a table before me. So he is before me, he is behind me, he is beneath me, and he is within me, he is above me. All this I love it. And he says, thou anointest my head with oil. Now in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, it says that we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt within you. You have been anointed. You are now a child of God. You are a priest of God. And we shall be one day like kings and priests in the kingdom of God. I don't understand it all. All I know is that I belong to Him. And God has appointed me to something great, even down the road. I don't know exactly what it is, but I can wait and trust Him and keep serving Him until then. When He makes a statement... Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my friends. Isn't that the way we'd like to have it? That everything is prepared where I have no problems, no troubles. Nothing going wrong, everything just wonderful. Well, it doesn't always happen that way. God wants you to have peace in the midst of the storm. I told you this before. They asked this artist if they would draw a picture of beautiful peace. Something that really showed peace. And so they had several artists to draw some pictures. And the one had a beautiful sunset. And one had another beautiful picture of a flowing brook and the cows out there and all that and some deer. And this one guy, he drew a picture of a, a wild, wicked storm, thundering and lightning. And on a limb of a tree that was, you know, the leaves were all blown back, the wind. 
And there sat a little bird with his head bowed and closed. And he's sleeping in the midst of the storm. That's picture of peace. We think peace should be when everything is going my way. When I don't have all those heartaches and troubles. Well, then you don't need peace then, do you? You want peace in the midst of the storm. So that whenever, regardless of what happens, you can just trust the Lord and keep getting up. And then he makes the statement, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I told y'all a story years, a couple years back about this woman that came up to Ironside. And, and she was a little touched. You know, she was just a little off, you know. Says, um, there's two men been following me. And he was having a revival. I mean, so he says, um, uh, just, just pray and talk to the Lord about it. She came back the next night. Those two men, they, they keep following me. Well, he realized that something is wrong, you know, upstairs. He says, man, those must be the two friends of David following you. She says, what do you mean? She says, well, the Bible says that in verse 6, and he opened the Bible and showed her, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He says, those two men must be following you too. Those are the two friends of, of David. Surely goodness and mercy. Ah, oh. and she didn't have no problem, never come back to him again. The peace of God that knows that as I serve God, goodness and mercy shall follow me. Those are results of you following the Lord. You want a lot of goodness in life and a lot of peace and joy and all those things. In the midst of the storm, learn to trust the Lord and to walk with God. But I also wanted you to see something else from this. And I just wrote these little words down. My preparation for life. I'm so glad that when God created the heavens and the earth, made this wonderful, beautiful world, supplied all the things in the world that you needed. But you know, with all the, the beauty of this world, there's one thing that I got. And that's the Lord. He provided himself to me. He revealed himself to me. In preparing me for life, he came my way. He found me. He bought me. He saved me. And he has prepared more than what I ever thought or ever dreamed. So the Lord has prepared me for over 50 years of my life. Because the, the world itself was not enough. All the people in the world was not enough. I needed something more. All the beauty in the world, all the supplies of the world, I needed something more than that. The Lord provided me himself. I have something better than help, better than wealth. I have the Lord. And that's why when he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I have something better than anything else in the world. Don't you have him? I have him. I belong to him. He belongs to me. And so he has provided what I needed. And that was himself. The Lord is my shepherd. When he says, I shall not want, because I know that if my father really loves me, he knows what I need. He even knows what I want. And I can trust him to fulfill all my needs 
And I believe he supplies even my wants when they are within the will of God. Because God has given me the freedom, see, to choose a lot of things. And I think it's a wonderful thing. When he maketh me to lie down, did you know sometimes he makes us lie down? You ever get so busy doing things and you don't have time to stop and just rest and just talk to the Lord? Did you know that sometimes God knows how to put the brakes on you? I told you this before, and Betty's dad, he told me this, said, Yankee, you know, the Lord could lead you if he could ever get out front. Because I had such impatience. I just couldn't stand to wait. And when I want to do something, I, I do it. Have you noticed even around here in four years, if I want to get something done, I, I don't usually wait too long. I want to get it done. Some things I wait on and I'm patient and so forth, but when I really want to do it, I try to push because I want things to get done. Well, the Lord says, He maketh me to lie down. But where does He make you lie down? He says in green pastures. That means He had to supply the green pastures. He prepared that for me. If He can prepare my starts, He can prepare my stops. You see, it's one thing to have the faith to begin something and the faith to continue something. But the Lord may close a door and have the faith to stop something. I have had times in my life when I've seen God close certain doors. And then I watched him open up other doors. And the hardest thing you'll ever learn is learning to be patient while God is opening up a door. Or when you see him closing a door and you don't understand. So, he leadeth me beside the still waters. Well, who produced those still waters? He provided the still waters for me. The times of refreshment in your life. Isn't it wonderful that sometimes in life God will give you some unplanned, on your part, surprises. Little things that happens in life that you didn't make happen, but it, it just happens. Well, God knows what it takes to refresh you. Sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes it's a word of encouragement. But don't forget, the devil is out there too. And he knows what he's doing. And he'll always work on the negative. But look what it says here. He restoreth my soul. Who does that? The Lord. In other words, he can be the one that can get you back to where you ought to be. Sometimes we're not where we ought to be, but God can restore. You get worn down. Sometimes you just get so weary, get so tired. And not only the refreshing of the body, and you don't have to give it some rest, but learning how your soul can rest in the Lord when it seems like you just can't go on. And the Lord makes things possible for us. As Paul says, His grace is sufficient for me. God's grace is sufficient. I may not have all the other things that I want at times, but His grace is sufficient. His desire and power to do the will of God. In the midst of everything that seems to be going wrong, it will be worth it all. So he says here in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, does God know where I am? Does He know that I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death? Does He know my fears? Does He know my joys? He knows how I think, how I feel. He knows all my emotions. This is what's so good about this 23rd Psalm. It reaches all the way to the soul of man and lets you know that God knows how you think and how you feel. He knows what you need. He can prepare all these things in advance for you. What do I have to do? 
just follow the shepherd. You ever hear people say, well, now, when you can't sleep at night, just count the sheep. No, talk to the shepherd. Those sheep can't help you, but the shepherd can. And he says, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. Why should I be afraid when thou art with me? If I knew I had the Lord walking with me, and I was to go through the, the darkest of neighborhoods and enemies on all sides, if I knew and I could see him and I could say, okay, get him, and I would not have to worry and he could protect me. Now, there is a verse that talks about, do not tempt the Lord thy God. You know, like jumping off the Empire State Building and said, well, if the Lord doesn't want me to hit the ground, he'll catch me before I hit the concrete. Okay. I think you're tempting the Lord thy God. You just liable to have an appointment with the concrete. You're not to be stupid and foolish. And it says in verse 5, look what he said. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. In other words, in the midst of this world, with the enemy of the flesh, the enemy of the devil, and death staring us in the face at every moment, God can prepare you a feast that you can have meat to eat they know not of, and joy that he can give that no man can take away, and to walk with the peace of God because you know you're right where God wants you to be in the center of his will. And then you're supposed to have the peace and confidence that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The goodness and mercy is not always just good things happening to you. Did you know something that's good and your eyes might not be so good? But it becomes good because God is able to work all things to the good, to the benefit of those who love the Lord, to those who are called according to His purpose. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for the opportunity. I'm so glad you put this in your word, just so we can read it and study it. Get such great encouragement from it. And we thank you for blessing us. You're our shepherd. We know you lead and guide us, as your word says. And Father, no doubt, even this morning, some have probably heavy hearts. Things are worried about, concerned deeply about, or health problems, or finances, or whatever it may be. And I pray, Lord, that you'd be close to them and help them and to let them learn to walk a little bit closer, knowing that surely goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.